This is Nasha from Frankie Goes to Hollywood. You're listening to the New Wave Music Podcast. Well out. Welcome back to Don't You Forget About Me, the New Wave Music Podcast. As always, this is Steve. Hey, and I'm T-Bone. Well, Steve, we've been gone for a little while. Just a little bit. We're back and we're ready to go. And we've got a big show for you guys this week. We're going to kick it off this week with the uh, latest album from the Pet Shop Boys. And if you need a reminder of the Pet Shop Boys, you probably remember them from West End Girls. Sometimes you're better off dead. There's a gun in your hand that's pointing at your head. You think you're mad, too unstable, kicking in chairs and knocking down tables in a restaurant in a West End town. Call the police, there's a madman around, running down. Always on my mind. And opportunities. This new album is called Hotspot. Uh, it came out a couple of years ago, 2020. You know, Steve, this is, I mean, I guess it's a lot of albums. It's their 14th studio albums, but they've had so many hits and, and re- remix albums and everything. I really thought there was a lot more yeah, albums. When I saw this too, I was kind of surprised it was only their 14th album. I thought we'd be talking like this is their 24th album. Exactly but. what I was thinking also. Well, you know, uh, of course, this album has Neil Tennant and Chris Lowe. Uh, they are the core members uh, who've been, you know, they are Pet Shop Boys. We also have Bernard Butler on guitar. Now, uh, if that name sounds a little bit familiar, he's actually the guitarist from Suede. And then we have Stuart Price on bass and he also produced the album. Nice. And also I found out this is actually on their Pet Shop Boys own album label now, oh, X2 Records. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, so they've created their own album now. I yeah. mean, their own, their their own, own label. label. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Kicking off this album is the track Will of the Wisp. Uh, this one here is a solid dance track that you kind of come to expect from the Pet Shop Boys. A good way to open up the album. Kind of love the little uh, keyboard riff that's throughout the song. It gives it just a little bit of a push. Don't want to say that the Pet Shop Boys have be- kind of become the band by numbers, but they know what they're doing. And this is kind of going to reflect a little bit throughout this album is you kind of get the greatest hits of the Pet Shop Boys with these new tracks. Oh, yeah. I mean, Pet Shop Boys are Pet Shop Boys, you know. I mean, they've always put out fantastic albums every, basically every few years. They're always putting out a new album, and it, it, it's very traditional of them to put out fantastic music. Yeah, you know, this one starts off with uh, some really kind of grungy, grinding Siths since before it uh, pops into the traditional uh, Pet Shop Boys beat. But yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. That main synth line is very catchy. And one of the things that I kind of liked a lot 
thought was there's a spoken line uh, section of this song yeah. that is just pure Pet Shop Boys. Yeah, that's what I was saying. It's kind of like your Pet Shop Boys by the numbers on this track. Right. In a that's good not way. a bad thing. No, in a good way. Absolutely. And that track, lead, or this track actually just leads right into the next one. Uh, the second track, You Are the One. instrumentation just leads right into it but does slow things down a little bit it's a lovely ballad the finger snapping drum beat works perfectly on this song and uh, the synths are dreamy and lush the first listens where i really enjoyed this song after my second or third listen this one kind of for me got a little bit drawn out or strung out got a little bit more repetitive than i think it should have been and it felt just like they were trying to stretch it to get to that four-minute mark for a song. Uh, that's, that might be possible. I think I do like it a little bit more yeah. than you did. But, uh, no, I, I can definitely see your point on that. But that does lead into the third track, which is one of my favorites on the album, called Happy People. This is an extremely peppy song. It has tenant speaking sections again, like he does so well, but the dance beat is just infectious. And how this is not a huge hit is beyond me, Steve. In the clubs of the 80s, this would have brought people out to the dance floor immediately. Oh, no, no question. When I first heard this, it was reminding me of back of their album from 99, nightlife that this could track could have came right from that album maybe it was an yeah. outro that they were held on to for a couple decades i'm glad it's on here i really enjoyed this track like i said it is a, it is a fun little dance number and then we get into probably the big hit of the album dreamland This one here is just a highlight on this album. It's pure Pet Shop Boys. Kind of like Duran Duran does, the Pet Shop Boys do feature some guest artists. This one's featuring T-Bone's favorite band, Years and Years. I love them. No, I have no idea who that is. Yeah, the, it's, it features the singer Ollie, Ollie, Ollie Alexander from that band. No clue who that is. No, but I feel like they actually gave it a little bit of a more of an elevation. I liked how they helped uh, elevate that song. It's a nice little pop dance song, but also their vocals do take it to that next level. It is refreshing about... It was about halfway through the song where you get that just uh, them singing it. Right. No, and I agree. Yeah, I, I actually... Uh, really found that the vocals on this track, both uh, you know, Neil Tennant and this Alia Alexander, really to be the highlight of the track. You know, this is actually a very thinly veiled political song, but the beat and the synths are so strong, you wouldn't even come close to knowing. And then we get into the next track, Hoping for a Miracle.
this one again is another ballad on the album. I did T-Bone like this one a, a lot more than, a, than the previous ballad, You Are the One. This one I thought had more thoughtful lyrics. I love the lyric line, when, when nobody loves you, nobody needs you, you're out here all on your own. Where can Who can you turn to? Where can you run to? Yeah, you know, I really like this one also. Tenant's vocals are just fantastic on this track. He sounds as good as, uh, as ever. For me, otherwise, it's kind of a fairly basic song. It's not one of my favorites. I still think it's pretty decent. Uh, it's the second longest track on the album. I think it could have oh. been benefited from being just a shortened a little bit. I did like it, but it, like I say, it's probably not one of my most favorite. And that gets us to our next track, I Don't Wanna. He summons up the energy I Which is not a bad song, but it definitely gets to become a re- very repetitive song. That being said, I do like how it kind of starts out slow and kind of builds up to the tempo. And again, but to this one, the highlight on this one's got to be that synth work on this track. Yeah, you know, I definitely like this one a little bit more than you. It's not yeah. one of my favorite tracks on the album, but it, it has a really outstanding dance beat. It's sort of kind of a sad song about a shy introvert who doesn't want to leave his house. Finally, uh, you know, our reluctant hero, make, he musters up some energy to get up and dance. It is kind of a little bit more downbeat, but the beat itself is in stark contrast to the lyrics. Which leads us to Monkey Business. T-Bone, I could not help but think that this would be if the Pet Shop Boys did a disco track from the late 70s, early 80s. If you wanted to hear what a disco sound would have sound like from the Pet Shop Boys, this probably would have been it. Oh, I, I know what you're coming or you're going to on that one, and I, I couldn't agree more. Um, this actually is one of my favorite that, tracks that's what I was gonna on say. the album. That being said, I actually like yeah, this album yeah, and it's, this song. It's, it's a fun song. It's, it, it, it's kind of silly lyrically. But the beat is so song, and the lyrics are just plain fun, it's making a, the song work. It's a very infectious song. Oh, it really is. It's a party song, yeah. and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Uh, one of my favorite lines in it is, bring me margaritas, champagne, and red wine. We're going to have a party where we all cross the line. <laughs> uh, if that doesn't say Pet Shop Boys, I don't know what does. And that takes us to the next track, number eight. It's called Only the Dark. Uh, the guys really kind of slow things down on this track. The beat is still strong, uh, but not nearly as fast. Neil Tennant's voice uh, makes it really kind of a stunning ballad. And for me, Steve, I really like the line, don't be scared because only the dark can show you the stars. T-Bone, it's been a month and you're still copying my notes. I'm not. I love that that chorus lyric. To me, this is a welcome back track or, or a ballad. This is probably one of my second favorite on the album. And I do love that lyrics and the contrast with the lyrics, with the light and the dark. Beautiful song. Yes. And that takes us up to number nine, uh, Burning the Heather. Heather. 
strong focuses on this song for me was the acoustic gar- guitar work by Bernard Butler. But, you know, as usual, the emphasis is still on the great synth work of Chris Lowe. Uh, this one continues the slower pace of the, tra- of the previous track, but Tennant's vo- vocals just soar through most of it. T-Bone, this to me is my favorite song on the really? album. Kind of actually dug into a little bit on this one because I really like this album. It originally was called You've Got Me All Wrong. And it was actually released prior to this album back in November of 2019. And the heather they're referring to is a, is a shrub that's common in Europe. It's been used for sheep grazing. The phrase burning the heather is kind of what they feel benefits burning the, the shrub a little bit to reju- rejuvenate it. I love the, the music, the lyrics, the melody. The, there's a subtle use of horn about halfway into this track that, again, just elevates it to that next highlight. Yeah. And listening to some of the lyrics, I can now reflect and maybe perhaps Neil is reflecting as the narrator of what's come, come to his mind as a lonely elderly man, and kind of in the twi- kind of in the second half of his life. Some of the lyrics is, you've got me all wrong. I'm not that guy. I'm just the singer of the song in my mind's eye. If I thought you would think I would have, I wouldn't have been here. I've just dropped in for a drink before I disappear. That's interesting analysis. Thanks, Steve. Yeah. I appreciate that. Hey, so we're down to the last track, number 10. It's called Wedding in Berlin. This is one of my favorite tracks on this album. There's been a few, but I, I did like this one quite a bit. They finished the album in, I felt, a very unique way. Not only does it have a fantastic dance beat, but the inclusion of traditional wedding music. And I thought that they just worked perfectly together. Uh, it's a song about inclusion and what it means to love each other. You know, whether it's a union between straight or gay, it's love that matters. And I just love this song. T-Bone, the only thing I did not like about this album was the album placement. Following up Burning the Heather is kind of a very slower song. This one kind of felt like it was very upbeat and tempo. I yes. really loved it. It just kind of felt like more of like a little bonus or really what it reminded me of is if, if this song would have came out probably in the late 90s, early 2000s, you probably would have seen this tagged on to a lot of the, the rom-coms of those times. Very possible. Very possible, um, yeah, especially with the inclusion of that exactly. wedding music in there. Uh, so, are it's you? It's a saying, fun song. I, I really like it. it. Just kind of felt like more of a bonus song. How yeah. that album? How it was just placed at the last of the album? So, you think that maybe this song should have been a little bit earlier in yeah. the album? Okay, and I can see that. I, I think maybe the strength of having it at the end is that it's such a strong. Song oh, it does end on a, like, on a positive note instead of putting something that's right. maybe a little more dreary or something. But I mean, I definitely see your point on that, and uh, I, I personally feel like it's a fantastic way to end the album. Oh no, no, I agree. Yeah, it, it could have been put maybe in a different place for a different purpose. but yeah, I'm just nitpicking at this point, yeah. but I still really enjoyed this. Good, good. Well, you know, the, the Pet Shop Boys have put out one great album after another since 1982. You know, Steve, we're looking at another band that's hitting their 40th anniversary together. And, and you know, this album is no exception. Uh, it has everything one would expect from the band. In many ways, the band has both changed and stayed constant for the past four decades Dance songs and ballads. It's all familiar, Mm -hmm. but it's still progression for a band so that they never duplicate songs or styles. Yeah, and to me, this is a very solid album from the Pet Shop Boys. I'd highly recommend picking it up. It is going to be kind of like revisiting a friend or an old friend if you are a fan of the Pet Shop Boys. They know what works for them. 
as you mentioned, they've got their hit, their dance hits and the ballads, and they know how to balance that perfect, almost Absolutely. to perfection. Absolutely. Yeah, I think fans of Petro Boys are really going to enjoy this album. You know? Yeah, and also if you're out there looking for something new to spin, to listen to, to stream, give this one a, give this one a, a, a listen through. I think you guys will thoroughly enjoy it. Yeah, you know, I don't think there's anybody out there that doesn't know who the Pet Shop Boys are, uh, but there's plenty to explore on this album. And so I, I completely agree with you, Steve. I'm going to highly recommend this album to anyone fan or not uh, pet shop boys have a lengthy history of hits due to wonderful synth work dance beats and always interesting lyrics this one is no exception usually at this point we jump into some new wave music news however based on listener feedback you guys have asked if we maybe start a new segment where we recommend newer new wave artists and that's what we're going to do this is not going to necessarily be a weekly or every podcast segment we're going to kind of work it in as it feels natural our first artist we're going to focus on is Jalelli. She is from Ireland. She's got a new single called Stoic that's very new wave sounding. We had the chance to sit down and speak with her. Brand new artist by the name of Jalelli. And I'm joined by her today on our podcast. She's got a brand new single called Stoic out. And Stoic is an outstanding and an amazing has an outstanding and an amazing sound to it. It's a wonderful single. Can you tell me what the inspiration was or the story behind the single? Hey, Steve. Yeah, of course. Um, first of all, thank you for the kind words. So the idea behind Stoic was that this song is all about being emotionally vulnerable and open. And Stoicism was a group was a school of Greek philosophy that sort of endorsed detaching from emotion. And I called it stoic, I guess, in a kind of ironic way, because it's about kind of uh, having a romantic interest who's acting quite stoic and you're trying to find their soft spot. So that's why it's called stoic. Very nice. So Jalili, it's very clear on your new single. It's very uh, inspired with the sounds of new wave from yesterday. Can you tell us, tell me and our listeners, who are some of your influences? Yeah, definitely. This was a very new wave-ish style track. And I love that sort of 80s synth, synth pop, new wave sound. Not all my songs go there, but it just sort of happened on this track. And I guess I'm influenced by people like Blondie, Pet Shop Boys. I'm a huge Sade fan. She's not exactly new wave, but, you know, she's got that 80s, early 90s sound. I'm a big fan of Roisin Murphy, who is a an Irish artist who pays homage to the sort of 80s, 90s funk style as well. And yeah, I like a lot of that type of music. Awesome. Um, so did you do the music on this track as well? Or did you have artists help you out? Yeah, so I produced my songs myself at home. First off, I sort of started with the synth sound on this on my computer. 
And then I did sort of a rough vocal and some drums. I'll use kind of samples and uh, kind of tap them in with a with a sampler. And it was pretty pretty much just the frame of the song. And then I worked with my co-producer, my amazing co-producer Zim, Kevin Brannan. And we sort of amped it up. So Zim put on the guitar and he added a new bass part and brought the song sort of to another level. And we just kind of refined it from there. Awesome. So uh, looking around, I've noticed this is your third single, if I'm not mistaken, that you've released. Yeah, no, you're right. And your other two did kind of, you brought it up earlier, have that kind of 80s sound of uh, Sade, but not necessarily New Wave. But I did have could pick up on that influence on those other two tracks. Well done. Um, because <laughs> that was definitely an influence. Yeah. Um, is So do you have a full album on the horizon or what can we expect? I mean, at the moment, I do have a concept for a musical project that I'm trying to get off the ground. I've written a lot of material and I think it's about picking the right songs for that project mm-hmm. and the right feel and sort of trying to see what I'm trying to say musically. I'm still sort of finding my feet and I'm dipping into different genres and I'm genre blending a lot. And I think that's what this project will sort of sound like a blend of a lot of genres that I love. I don't like to confine myself too much musically. I'm trying to experiment with what I love and just sort of go with what feels right. And yeah, so hopefully some sort of musical project, whether that's an EP or an album, I do not know yet, but we will see. Only time will tell. Nice. Well, I do like what I've heard of those three songs. Um, I do have a particular lean towards Stoic just because of that new wave sound, but I do really like <laughs> the other ones as well. Thank you. Yeah, Stoic's its own thing. I think it's like its own baby. <laughs> yeah. So how can our listeners uh, follow you or, or support you? Um, it sounds like you're, you're kind of indie trying to get your own label or you're producing your own music. Do you have like a band camp or website or what's the yes. best way for, for us to follow you? Yes, it's all very independent, Steve. Um, so I guess just, you know, the usual social medias, Jaleli Music, you can get me on Instagram and Bandcamp as well, which is such a lovely platform, especially the um, emphasis they put on giving artists revenue and they'll sometimes waive their fees and things like that on certain days. So Bandcamp's a really nice platform. So you can find me there and I'm on Apple iTunes and all the usual outlets like that. Again, thanks to Jill Ellie for sitting down and, and speaking with us. And if you guys like what you hear, there are links in the show descriptions. Uh, please support her YouTube channel. There's also her Bandcamp link. And as you guys can think of the other artists, we will bring those to you. If you have any recommendations, reach out to us. We'd love to hear from our fans. Yeah, so Steve, uh, as we mentioned at the beginning of this episode, May was just kind of a ridiculous month. Uh, We didn't get any episodes in, primarily because of a number of different things. But one of those was uh, early-ish May, I went to California for the Crew World Festival. And uh, it it was really good. It was very interesting. I I did not care for the way the stages were set up, but we did see some some great performances, some of them that really stuck out to me. One of the bands that we I really enjoyed was a more recent-ish uh, group called Black Audio. They're kind of a dark wave group. They're a couple of members from AFI, and uh, it's just a singer and uh, another uh, one of the members of the band on uh, 
turntables. I mean, it's hard to explain exactly, but but really a, a great performance. But things really kicked off uh, highly when uh, we went to the main stage. This was a little bit later in the show. And uh, we were so exhausted already, but uh, we were able to hear the church kind of from a distance and they, they sounded fantastic. But then it got even better. So up next after that was Devo. And regardless of them being in their late 60s, those guys put on an amazing show. It, it was just brilliant. Up right after that was uh, Bauhaus. And Steve, let me tell you, that was probably the highlight of the whole show for me. Um, they put on just a brilliant, gothic, dark, wonderful show. As a matter of fact, Peter Murphy started off the uh, the set behind the stage uh, while the other the band members were on stage doing the instruments, but he was behind the stage with a video camera and doing it, doing the, the lyrics off stage. Now he obviously came on stage not too long after that song, but uh, you know, at one point he tripped over some wires and, and fell to the ground and the professional that he is, he found his microphone, got right back up and, and continued uh, singing Ziggy Stardust. So, yeah, that was a fantastic performance. And then finally, it, it ended with Morrissey, uh, who, you know, my wife is Morrissey's number one fan. And um, we're just exhausted by that time. And so we did leave a little bit early. My wife apologized. Uh, How to, dare you I, leave early for Morrissey? I know. It, there was, uh, we were just so tired. <laughs> we were there for like 12 hours, and, and it was just exhausting. Uh, but my, my wife apologized to the, to the stars, to Morrissey, for leaving a show early. Hey, this is Tony. We just listened to OMD, and you're listening to the New Wave Music Podcast. And as you can tell, the next show afterwards we went, we and T-Bone went to was OMD. Great, great, great oh, show. Oh, man, I've seen OMD a lot of times, and this oh. is probably my favorite performance of them. They were just full of energy, clearly enjoying the show. We also ran into some listeners, which was very nice. Yeah, absolutely. And it's kind of a kind of a treat to find that somebody is actually listening to us. Yeah. We'll kind of cover back more on that in just a moment, but back to OMD, they knew how to play. This is their 40th anniversary tour. Right. Or really, they kind of said almost 42nd or 41 and a half right. because of COVID. It was delayed. Yeah. But just full of energy. Um, oh. Andy McCluskey, I don't know how he's up there. Just Dancing busting his around. dance moves. Oh, and my word. Yeah. Even you, Paul Humphreys was just grinning ear to ear for the whole show. Absolutely. You know what surprised me, Steve, was that Monday nights are not usually a great night to have a, a big audience at a concert. And Steve, that place was packed. Oh, there's no question. Salt Lake City is an OMD town. Oh, there's no doubt about that. You know, every time they come here, they pretty much either sell out or come close. The enthusiasm of that crowd really moved Paul and Andy on that stage. And 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 they said afterwards that it was one of the best shows of this tour. They, they had a great time. Yeah, and I, was, I had a great time after the show talking with some of our listeners. We'd love to see our listeners out and about in the, in the community hunting us down. T-Bone, for one, really loves to take selfies with the listener. And T-Bone, if we, I don't know if you know this or not, but he wants to become the new wave Oprah. I, Instead of I, you get a car, I, you get a car. He wants to I, give you a segment. I don't remember saying that, but okay. He I'll wants to give it. you a segment, you an intro. So if you see us out at concerts, stop one of us. We'll be happy to, to have you record a little bit of a show. We'll give you a shout out. Absolutely. Yeah. Hi, this is Brad from Denver, Colorado, and I'm here at Tears for Fears listening to the New Wave Music Podcast. 
I went out to Denver to see Tears for Fears. Uh, Steve, oh. it was, I know, Steve was going to go with me to this one, and then he got all ill. So I had to go with my wife and stepson, and, and that was fine. But yeah, I think, Steve, you would have really enjoyed it. And it was it was an outstanding show. Now, what was interesting is um, on our drive to Denver in Wyoming, it was a pure blizzard at the end of May. And then we get to Denver and it's a complete rainstorm. It is just pouring. So we get to the show and which is oh, outdoors, which is outdoors at the amphitheater there. And we get to the show. Garbage is opening up and they put on a fantastic opening set. As garbage was playing, it started to rain, just drizzle just a little bit. And she's saying, I'm only happy when it rains, kind of joking around about that. And Steve, I kid you not. It stopped raining right then and for the rest of the show. It, it, it was shocking. So, yeah, they put on a great set, and then Tears for Fears came out, and uh, real, it was just an outstanding set. I, they, they really did focus a lot on the new music from their most recent album, which we have reviewed. If you haven't listened to it, I, 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 you know, I definitely would recommend it. Steve, I got to say that Roland sounded just incredible. The songs that he was the lead on, outstanding. Now, not saying anything... I, I I love Kurt Kurt Smith, love him, but there was just something not right with his lead vocals. On well, and it's funny you should say that. Uh, shortly after the Denver show, they announced he's he, had, he was dealing with some throat ill. Well, that and Ill that very well could have been it because I have seen some live performances recently where it seemed like he sounded better. But yeah, you know he did change and um, a couple of other. Uh, uh, Mad World, a couple of other songs as the lead vocals, and he just didn't sound good. And so I'm, I'm glad to know that maybe it's not him necessarily, but just maybe a, a slight illness or something. But yeah, we had uh, a chance to meet some uh, some fans of the show out there. It was really kind of fun. Uh, we met Brad, who uh, lives in Denver, but uh, he has lived in our area for many years. And I'm hoping that maybe down the line, if he's in Salt Lake, maybe we could just have a little guest reviewer with us. Uh, he's He's very knowledgeable. Steve and I see a lot of concerts. Ugh. He puts us to shame. Brad puts us to shame. So, Brad, it was nice to meet you there. All right, T-Bone. Well, I don't know about you, but I think it's time to get back into the albums. So let's jump into the next one. All right. So up next is, uh, and Steve, I did not expect this, uh, you know, six months ago, but we have a new album from Soft Cell. Uh, you will, I don't think there's any way you couldn't remember them from certain songs as Tainted Love. Once I ran to you, now I run from you. This tainted love you've given, I give you all a boy could give you. Take my tears and that's not nearly all. Sex Dwarf. Isn't it nice? Sugar and spice. Luring its codalis to a life of vice. Sex Dwarf. Isn't it nice? And say hello, wave goodbye. I never knew you, you never knew me. Say hello, goodbye. Say hello, wave goodbye. 
So, Steve, this is uh, called Happiness Not Included. Literally just came out a few weeks ago here in uh, May of 2022. Of course, we've got Mark Almond, who does vocals and some guitars, which kind of surprised me. Dave Ball on synths. They were the core members of uh, Soft Cell. And we also have Gary Barnacle on bass and sax and Frederick Larson on guitar. So, T-Bone, one thing I did not know, it's been almost 20 years since, we, or over 20 years since we've had an album from Soft Cell. Yeah, you know, this is actually only their fifth studio album, and it has been 20 years. Uh, 2022 was their last album. Was it fifth or sixth? Uh, I counted five studio albums, but I mean, it's possible it's six, but I only counted five. Of course, Almond has been had a very successful career uh, as a solo artist between Soft Cell albums. You know, Steve... I found this very interesting. This was actually recorded during the pandemic, and Mark Almond had COVID while they were recording the album. Did not know that. Yeah. Hmm. We opened the album with the track Happy, Happy, Happy. T-Bone, the first thing that stood out to me on this on this album and, and this song was we always talk about how most of the time the artists sound like they have an age today. Fortunately, this was not the case for me with Mark Almond. His uh, vocals, I'm just going to say, in my opinion, have not held up well over the years. Well, see, keep in mind that he did have COVID. And while I did not know that until just yeah. now. But. So that could be a factor. I mean, I don't know that that's the case. I mean, we have seen a number of artists that just sound the exact same over mm-hmm. the time. We've seen some that don't quite hold up. It's hard to know exactly on this one. Right. And maybe I'll give him that because at times it became a distraction with how uneven, I'll just say uneven his vocals were. Some tracks, they sound very well, very polished, very produced. Some of them are just kind of like he's in pain or struggling to get through the song. maybe it was. And that's kind of what this one kind of sounded like to me a little bit. It was just kind of of in pain to to finish the song. However, I did warm up to the song after listening to it a few times. And enjoyed it. Um, I, I enjoyed the lyric science fiction stories told us of our future. Yeah, you know, I'm not sure how I feel about this song being the opener, Steve. Um, it has a great chorus, but beyond that, I, I found it pretty lackluster. Uh, you know, it uses a, kind of a science fiction viewpoint, as you you sort of mentioned there, of where we're going, especially in regard to technology. But I'll be honest with you, I, I don't think there was anything all that new about it. And then we get into the second song, Polaroid. According to the factory on Union Square, or a Warhol introduction, he saw me and he said hi, and I said hi, and he said gee, and he asked me, and I asked he, and Polaroid, he and me. T-Bone, this song has to feature, in my opinion, some of the worst writing that I've heard. The the lyrics or the chorus, he saw me and I said hi, and I said hi, and he said gee, and asked me, and I asked he, a Polaroid of he. Uh, it's kind of You know, Mark Allman's trying to tell a story about meeting Andy Warhol at the factory in New York City. I get that. Um, however, the lyrics are, very, to me, sound very trite. And it's mostly kind of cringeworthy during this song, a lot of it. And in fact, listening to some of our older reviews, I need to apologize to Duran Duran. I was a little too hard for them in our review for the lyrics, Bang Bang Boomerang. T-Bone, that's a work of art compared to this song. 
<laughs> You're making me laugh. Yeah, you know, I, I like the song just a little bit more than you did, but I completely agree on the lyrics being a little simple. Uh, for me, the highlight is the synthesized backbeat that goes along with the song. And, and I got to say, I really think I like this song more for that beat and the other synth well, you work. You can't like it for the lyrics. No, no, I, I like it more for that than the lyrics themselves. You know, uh, as you mentioned, this song is based on a, an actual early 80s meeting with uh, Almond and Danny, uh, Andy Warhol, though it is in question whether it was ever at the factory. Right. But, uh, but yeah, we're not on a high strength number of songs so far into this album. But I must say that the third track is actually one of my favorites. It's called Bruises on My Illusions. Had a job in the club, but I wasn't making me much money. Fighting up the gods and monsters every night Now I bruises on all my illusions I found this to have a really nice start to the song with some grinding synths and a drum beat. I also really like that backing vocal that uh, emphasizes Almond's voice, not only during the chorus, but at, at different t- points in the song. For me, the, the beat is fantastic and perfect for dancing. And I really got to say, I think this would be a great song live. I, I really enjoyed this uh, this track. Yeah, Bruises on All My Illusions is a, is a broody uh, goth ballad, and I feel this recovers from the misfire of Polaroid. Again, it sounds like we're talking the strength of it is actually the music, not the vocals. So um, far, I agree. And I keep getting pulled. And that's because I keep getting pulled out by Mark's vocals. To me, they're just so uneven. I really enjoyed this to a point. But then his vocals kind of take me out of it. But that beat is really good and infectious. Yeah. yeah. Which gets us to the next track, Purple Zone. So let's get. Without question, this is going to be the big hit of the album. Yes. But to me, this is definitely the highlight of the album. This is one where the pet, where Soft Cell did team up with the Pet Shop Boys, and the Pet Shop Boys shine throughout this track. I don't know if it was the Pet Shop Boys throwing maybe a, a favor to Soft Cell to do this song, but without a doubt, to, to me, this is more of a Pet Shop Boys song featuring Soft Cell than it should be a song a Soft Cell album featuring the Pet Shop Boys. You know, the, the lyrics, the production quality, everything is just screaming Pet Shop Boys. And it just makes me realize so far we're what track number four four into this album. Three out of the four of these songs, I'm just regretting buying the album. <laughs> I love Purple Zone though, but again, to me, this is more of a Pet Shop Boy song than it will be a Soft Cell song. Yeah, no, it, it, there's no question that it is. It was the first single off this album, and you know, I, I completely agree with you. This really sounds more like a Pet Shop Boy song, especially in comparison to many of the tracks on this album. Uh, it has some really smooth synths. And as with the previous track, an amazing dance beat, uh, I, I, we've already mentioned it on uh, the previous review, but this would have been a perfect club hit in the 80s. Tenants and uh, yeah. and Almond's vocals work so well together, going back and forth on alternating lyrics. Yeah, you know, Steve, I, I feel like this has come off of a completely different album. It, it is definitely one of the highlights of this album, but uh, it's kind of shocking considering we're not really all that up on the rest of the song so far. 
Following Purple Zone is the track Heart Like Chernobyl. It's purely T-Bone, let's just say lyrics are definitely not a strong point of Mark Almond. Some of this features some wonderful lyrics, such as Throw Me Down the Waste Disposal, Have a Heart Like Chernobyl, Watch Out for Reactor 5, Nobody Gets Out Here Alive. <laughs> that being said, I must be warm. I must be warming up a little bit to Mark's vocals uh, five songs into this album, as they didn't pull me out as the other the first three songs did. But even the lyrics try to pull you back. Out. The lyrics me try to take you back out of the song again. Again, it's just getting that simple, lazy, very simplistic lyrics. Yeah. Well, you know, the sense on this track often feel like they're just background noise until midway through when they start to come alive. You know, primarily during the chorus. Though the beat is a little bit slower than the previous couple of songs, I, I did find it still pretty alluring and seductive. Now, you mentioned uh, some really questionable lyrics <laughs> on this song, but there, there is one that I really like, and, and it goes, I feel like North Korea in the winter. I've got a t- toxic touch because everything's dying around me. Um, I found that to be a little bit more yeah. mature as a lyric than, than what you mentioned. And so it's a mixed song. There's parts about it that I really do like. But, um, yeah, it it still has some problems. We follow up that track with the song Light Sleepers. Light sleepers in the early morning cafe Watching the sun come up over L.A. I enjoyed the music in this one. I had the additional, the, the addition of the percussions as a welcome sound. This is okay, an okay ballad. It's not the worst on the album, but it's also not the best song on the album. Yeah, this one opens up the track with some strings, piano, and sax. You know, the beat, it's far slower than the previous songs. I still found it pretty good, though. The sax playing is well done. You know, it really reminds me of the 80s. Uh, it just doesn't fit in well, I thought, with the rest of the instrumentation. I don't know that it was really a good choice with this song. Sax is one of those things that uh, that is just so commonplace in the 80s, but uh, it, it just doesn't seem to work so well in this track. And we follow that one up with the track, the title track from the album, Happiness Not Included. Maybe this album's starting to turn around as I actually did enjoy this track. Musically and vocally, this track works very well for me. So far, this is one of my favorites on the album besides Purple Zone. But again, I'm just going to say Purple Zone is a Pet Shop Boys song. Yeah, so. Yeah. Well, you know, I think you maybe like this track just a little bit more than me. Um, we're back to, you know, pretty much a great dance beat. But unfortunately for me, that's about all this song has going for it. It's just not a very interesting track, in my opinion. In addition, I felt that the backing vocals were a little too intrusive. Along with the sax on the previous track, this one includes flute towards the end that just does, doesn't really help the cause. It just doesn't really fit into this track. But that does bring us to a tr- song that I do like. So we're kind of going back and forth on what we feel is, is a good track on this album. This is the eighth track called Nostalgia Machine. Machine. 
you know, again, uh, this has a great and amazing dance beat. I, I, I think it probably has one of the best choruses on the album. Ball's synths are, are just absolutely wonderful. And the track is extremely infectious. And uh, I think one of the best songs on the second half of this album. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, first of all, let's just talk about the elephant in the room. We're a new wave music podcast. How would you not like a song called Nostalgia Machine? Exactly. Um, this one, like you said, does feature some great synth work. Uh, again, this album's starting to pick up in terms. Uh, you know, usually, usually an album's the second half is the, the weaker, but maybe we're turning the corner. We'll we'll see. Um, this one would have been a welcome hit in the clubs back in the day. I love the added little woo that they added oh, as a chorus. That. Yeah, uh, this is probably the album highlight for me. The music is tight. Mark vocals actually also sound really good on this one. Yeah. I don't know if he was maybe feeling better, if they had a better producer, more yeah. production. Yeah. Uh, who knows? Yeah. Which brings us to Nighthawks. And again, at this point, the album just just has gone back to the ridiculous form that most of the album has. This one features uh, Mark Allman doing a multi-voice. I don't know how else to say it. It's just laughably bad. And at this point... I just want the Night Nighthawks to come get me and put me out of the misery of this album. <laughs> yeah, Steve, I can't agree with you more. You know, this one starts off with about as annoying as any song ever written. I think that maybe this track tries to reflect some of the earlier years of Soft Cell, but unfortunately, it just fails miserably. You want an example of trying too hard. This is it. Absolutely. Yeah, this is probably probably my least favorite track on the album. And that comes next to uh, the number 10 track, I'm Not a Friend of God. I'm not a friend of God. I've never felt him within me. He doesn't speak to me in dreams. Steve, I wanted to like this song, but even after repeated listenings, it, it just never caught on with me. Uh, There's simple rhymes that just don't work, and the glacial pace of this song is just simply forgettable. Uh, It may be somewhat of an anthem for the atheists uh, out there, but again, another track that just is not working for me. Yeah, and I listened to this one a few times, tried to, I mean, really, the notes I could come up with was this was another moody ballad. Mark tells a feeling of being alone, but at this point, I just don't care. Yeah, I'm kind of feeling the same thing. And that doesn't help when we move into uh, the 11th track, Tranquilizer. Look into my zombie eyes. There's nothing there to see. A glazed over reflection and it's staring back at me. Now, Steve, I think we could make some obvious jokes here. (laughs) I think we're moving into a point where I would like to be tranquilized. Uh, The slower pace continues on this track. Uh, the, The backing vocals do raise the song from being a complete dud, but it's not enough to bring the second half of this album out of a funk. Yeah, I just have on my notes. This one here is another forgettable song. Uh, the last last few songs have really just started to become filler, in my opinion. Stretched out in filler. 
Well, and that leads us to the final track on the album, New Eden. Head turning silver and transparent skin. This is actually the longest track on the album. Uh, it, it is actually a rather beautiful ballad with a wonderful piano line before a slow beat comes in and really starts to soar midway through. Uh, once again, the backing va- vocals are, are truly a highlight. Unfortunately, this stellar track isn't enough to save the, the latter part of this album. But on a positive note, after a few less than interesting songs, this one I found very appealing and a wonderful way to end the album. Scene. This song starts out with the lyrics, we are leaving, packing up our things. The first thing I thought of listening to this was I was hoping Soft Cell would leave at this point. Oh, and at over six minutes, this song really starts to overstay its welcome. And it could just be at this point, I'm checked out of the album and I just want this experience to end. No, I completely can understand that. I, I, I think it it pulled me out of really some some low points on this album. This song helped to end the, the album overall. Um, it's not enough to save the second half of this album or even the whole album as a full, but, uh, um, I thought that it, it kind of helped redeem it a little bit. Yeah. And and to me overall on this album, it's no secret. I did not enjoy this album. I did not find happiness into this album. Really at this point, pick up purple zone. If you're a pet shop boys fan, skip this album. Uh, this is the first artist that we're hearing that I, that's put out new material. I don't enjoy it. And I'm really kind of, I, I didn't, I was excited for new stuff from Soft Cell, but after hearing this, this album to me was just pure torture listening to. And it's a long album. It's almost an hour long. Yeah. Yeah. It's too long. You know, Almond is getting older. He's 64. And the fact that he did have COVID during recording, um, I thought overall he still sounded pretty good. I mean, I know you didn't feel the same, but I think maybe that uh, information might have changed your feelings a little bit on it. But the synth work is, shows why Dave Ball is one of the best in the business. I mean, his work on this album is just phenomenal. But Steve, here is what is missing from this album. A sort of sleaziness. Uh, with the exception of Tainted Love, which is really just a great dance track cover, Soft Cell was known for very seedy, trashy sound. Not only in the synths, but just as well with the word choices. That was what made them so unique. At a time when so many new wave artists had positive messages or or a little bit more of just a great dance beat, Soft Cell was doing just the off- opposite. Sleazy sex was modus operandi, and that's what made them so interesting. But unfortunately, this album as a whole doesn't add up. I was so looking forward to this album. I mean, it's been years and decades since we've had any Soft Cell some of the tracks are, are on target. Sadly, the very best of them are few compared to the rest of the album. NCT bonus. Our longtime listeners may appreciate this one. I'd much rather listen to Dave Gahan's Soul Savers album. Well, on repeat over yeah, this album again. See, I, I will disagree on that one. I this one's not very good, but wow, yeah, I, I liked it better than Dave Gahan's album. Mm-hmm. But yeah, hugely disappointed. Just with some minor recommendations. Thanks again for joining us. Uh, we promise we're back to our regular podcast release schedule. Uh, we'll go see you guys next time on our next episode featuring the new album from Naked Eyes and the new album from X Propaganda.
Yeah, and of course, don't forget to check us out on everywhere from Facebook to TikTok to Instagram. Uh, We're always putting up new little uh, clips of music and talking about what's going on. Please contact us if you have any recommendations or just want to check in with us. We would greatly appreciate it, and we'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.